Today we're looking at, uh, we're carrying on our series, uh, looking out, uh, and I've gone for looking out being me. Okay, so I've sort of slightly tweaked uh, um, the sub all speakers do that, what we were given, um, but it does sort of fit in, I hope. Uh, and I just say, yeah, it's great. It really is great to uh, to be with you all this morning as we carry on this series. I want to say straight at the start that I I listened back to um, to Ben's talk from last week, um, which was really great. No, it was. It was really great. Okay, uh, and it totally resonated with me, particularly. Um, the, the, that aspect of, uh, of living that dual life, of, um, of being the, the super Christian on a Sunday, uh, the non-existent Christian on Monday to Friday, uh, and somewhere in between the two on a Saturday, depending on how well Arsenal did uh, in their match that day. So, uh, you know, that was, that was my experience and, and my struggle, okay, my struggle, uh, because it is a struggle, because we fear that we're, um, we feel we're, we're failing God, uh, we feel we're failing uh, our church, uh, our Christian friends and family, and ultimately failing ourselves by not being who we are, by not being me. Well, this morning, I want to I want to build on what Ben said, easy to do, build on what Ben said and put this struggle into the context of how God made us and how he sees us and how he uses us. Okay, uh, and I feel God really wants to, just this morning, and in a way I could just sit down because what we've already heard has been encouraging, you know, uh, from, from the lovely teachers. It, it really was quite important what they said, I think. Uh, but I feel God wants to really encourage us by seeing that we're all involved in building God's kingdom. Okay, no matter how weak we think we are or how poor we feel we are at doing it. And, and to help us... With that, we'll be looking at um, verses from 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4. Let me put the, the chapter there. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 5 to 10, jars of clay. Well-known verses, this treasure in jars of clay. But first of all, I wonder if you're a, a fan of Saturday night television, okay? And, and in particular, this chap, Michael McIntyre and his big show. It's good fun. It's just come to an end, the run recently, and uh, it's mainly sort of based around kind-hearted pranks, I guess, and setups of celebrities and deserving members of the public. And um, typically, a few Saturdays ago, they they featured this couple. This is Pauline uh, and Danny. Okay, now Danny, he's the husband, and he loves to collect antiques. All right, uh, but they are not. The, the most valuable of pieces, let's put it like that. My mum and indeed Danny's wife Pauline described them as tat. Okay, so yeah, not the best of things, but Danny loves them. Yeah, and he loves in particular the Antiques Roadshow, and he never misses an issue. And in episode every Sunday night, he's there watching the Antiques Roadshow. Well, whilst Danny was out at work, the team from the uh, Michael McIntyre program went to his house and took away a few of his prized antiques. And they went to an actual recording that was happening nearby on that day of the Antiques Roadshow. Okay, they then filmed uh, a number of, um, of actors uh, with the antiques and the experts are all involved in, in, the, in the scheme of things, of course, giving these antiques uh, a value that was far beyond what they were actually worth. 
day, far beyond and bringing out points and history and everything else that, you know, absolute rubbish. But but there we go. OK. And um, and then, of course, they returned the antiques back to Danny's house before he came back in from work that day. Go forward a few Sundays. And as always, Danny and Pauline are settling down to watch Antiques Roadshow. But of course, just for them, they're not going to see the Antiques Roadshow that we saw. It's going to start off the same, but then in the middle of it, there's going to be insects of his antiques turning up on the programme. And, and we see Danny get <laughs> more and more excited and incredulous as he realises that the pieces on the screen are exactly the same as the ones that he has, uh, not realising that they actually were the ones that he has. Uh, he goes into the garden shed where he keeps his tat uh, and, uh, and he pulls them out full of wonder and amazement, uh, uh, completely overwhelmed and gobsmacked at their new found value. Now, eventually, Michael McIntyre himself is revealed as one of the experts in disguise and the game is up. Uh, and Danny realises he has been set up. Now, there's a, there's a lot more to it than that, and it's worth a, a, a sort of finding it on the interweb. But it got me thinking about treasure, okay? Treasure. And I'm sure, you know, if any of us owned a fabulous antique or or picked up a bargain in a in a car boot sale that ended up being a, a Vermeer or a Van Gogh or something, you know, we'd be more than happy and have no trouble at all in telling everybody about it, okay? No trouble whatsoever. Yet the truth is, within us as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we hold the most valuable treasure there is. A new life of Jesus, a treasure of blessing in life today, and a treasure of certain hope for eternity tomorrow. And by God's design, that treasure is shown through us in our lives as we are looking out and being me. So I'm going to read from um, 2 Corinthians 4, verses 5 to 10. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. And this morning we're going to focus on three pots, okay? A glorious pot, a fragile pot, and a unique pot. And we're going to see how God can use us as effective evangelism, uh, ordinary clay jars as we are, to share his treasure. So first of all, uh, a glorious pot. And maybe the first step in looking out and being me is to recognize the treasure that we have. Paul says, for God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have 
this light shining in our hearts. By the, uh, the summer of 1940, things looked extremely bleak for this country. The Nazis had taken France and had the Low Countries and the British Army had retreated from Dunkirk. Invasion seemed inevitable and imminent. And on the home front, uh, thoughts turned to how to protect the nation's treasures, important artworks, the crown jewels, that sort of thing. And the plan was hatched to move the entire National Gallery collection to Canada. But that was abandoned at the risk of attack from German U-boats, which was quite considerable. Instead, the entire collection was stored deep underground in a Welsh slate mine near Blenau Festiniog. And the crown jewels, the crown jewels were taken to the from the Tower of London to Windsor Castle, where they were buried in a secret chamber dug underneath one of the towers of the castle. And some of the most valuable diamonds were dismounted from the crowns and placed in a biscuit tin, a Bath Oliver biscuit tin for extra security. OK, so there we are. Pieces of artwork, priceless artwork in a dark and dirty slate mine. Invaluable jewels in a biscuit tin. The light of the world in you and in me. I just think that's amazing. The most valuable treasure there is, the most wonderful thing imaginable is within us. And it makes me wonder, really, God? I mean, I can understand you giving it to Billy Graham or Mother Teresa. I mean, next week, I think you've got Victor Jack coming here. There's a great place to put the treasure. But me? Really? Do you know what I'm like? Do you know what I do Monday to Friday? But it's true. It's true. As followers of Jesus, we are each chosen specifically by God to have this treasure, this light in the darkness shining through each of our lives. And that is deliberate on God's part. No matter how poorly we think we're doing it, we are chosen and the light will shine because he chooses ordinary people like me and you with our hang-ups, our doubts, and our fears, and our mistake-filled lives to show his glory. We're nothing special, but he is. We're nothing special, but he is. The glory, the light of the world, clearly does not come from us, but from the treasure God put inside us himself, through us, for all to see. Looking out, being me, I think, starts with knowing who we are. We are chosen specifically by God, and just knowing what God has done for each one of us, knowing and accepting his life-changing love, his mercy, his forgiveness, his grace in our lives, means we can find our identity not in our failures, but in his glory. Our self-esteem comes not from what we achieve ourselves or what other people say about us, but from knowing that we are unconditionally loved, accepted, and chosen to show his light in the darkness and that's a great starting point knowing ourselves as god knows us and loves us means we can be looking out and being me so we are a chosen pot and then we are a fragile pot okay a fragile pot in january 2006 a chap called nick flynn from falmere near cambridge was enjoying his visit to the fitzwilliam museum in Cambridge city centre, when he got momentarily lost on one of the museum's staircases. 
As he turned around a bit too quickly, he, he, he trod on one of his shoelaces that was undone, and that caused Mr. Flynn to stumble and then fall down the stairs into a windowsill that housed three huge vases. And these were no ordinary vases. These were from the Ming dynasty. They're valued at half a million pound between them. Mr. Flynn said, as I, <laughs> you can see what's coming here. As I fell, I tried to grab hold of something, but the walls were smooth and marble. I couldn't stop myself. I hit the first vase, but never imagined it would then hit the next one, which then hit the other like a set of dominoes. I am truly sorry, he said. It was not deliberate. It was just my Norman wisdom moment. There's one for the teenagers. Norman wisdom moment. Just one of those unbelievably unlucky things that can sometimes happen. Well, Mr. Flynn was temporarily banned from the museum. Okay. Amazingly, one year later, uh, they, uh, the vases were back on display after the 400 pieces were painstakingly stuck together. Speaking of the restoration, uh, the museum specialist ceramics restorer, there she is, Penny Blendall, said, I could, I could have covered up the cracks, okay? But by leaving them, it shows that the vase is genuine and gives it authenticity. Paul is clear, okay? It's God's intention to show his treasure in us, fragile clay pots. Verse 7, we know we have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our greatest power is from God and not from ourselves. You know, in Paul's time when these words were written, clay pots were used for everyday storage. They were, if you like, the Tupperware for the early church, widely used across all of society, inexpensive, but temporary, fragile easily breakable. If you wanted to store something for a longer period, you'd use glass rather than fragile clay. But for me, again, this fragility is key to looking out and being me. You see, if we are perfect, if we were a perfectly formed and sealed jar, then that light within us could not shine out. Put a light in a solid, complete sealed jar and you won't see it. But put that light into a jar that has been broken and stuck back together again. A jar that is genuine and authentic with the cracks to show. Then the light shines through the cracks for all to see. When we allow our vulnerabilities, our weaknesses, our cracks, our imperfections, our fragility to be used by God for his glory, then the light of the gospel, that treasure can burst through us. Because looking out being me is about being real, being real with ourselves, those we live at, at home, at work, at church and at play. It's about recognising that we get things wrong. We make mistakes. We're not perfect, but the light still shines. About recognising that life can be testing and tough at times, but the light still shines. Paul is clear. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus. So the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. 
You know, we can walk with people through their trials and tests and tough times because they know that as Christians, we are not immune to those things ourselves. And that is a powerful witness. That is effective evangelism because our fragility is their fragility and their fragility is our fragility. Our cracks are their cracks. Their cracks are our cracks. We walk with them, cracked but authentic, weak but genuine, and the light still shines. This is our witness. This is our evangelism. This is our people, not projects. Being real, being ourselves, being me, and the light still shines. We have a phrase in the Fisherman's Mission, building relationships, bringing Jesus on board. And so long as we are willing to build relationships, as long as we're willing, uh, as our, our friend Bish said earlier, to, to stop in the corridor and listen for once rather than just keep going on in a way, you know, uh, with those people around us, to go the extra mile for them, to listen, to chat, to practically help, to be alongside them in all our brokenness and fragility, then the light still shines. God will work for us. His glory will be seen in us. His treasure shining into the darkness his light still shines and then thirdly we are a unique pot a unique pot can i just ask just for a second uh, we've already done some awkward things this morning so let's carry on doing awkward things can we just pause for a second and just have a look around the room okay have a look around the room the other people there does anybody look like you We've already heard there are a number of bald heads, probably too many bald heads in the room this morning, but there we are. Does anybody, anybody sound like you? Anybody even smell like you? Okay. Well, we're not going to go into that one. But now, I would have a problem with that sort of thing in some respect if my brother was here. Okay. Because as I've mentioned here before, I think we're identical twins. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I've got no idea which one is which on, on that picture. Uh, got a reasonable idea on that one because I'm the more intelligent looking, the better looking chap altogether. I'm just, I'm, no, not on the left. No, I'm on the right. Okay, so, so there we are. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, but you know, even though we are identical twins, only 20 minutes between us, we're actually mirror image twins as well. He's left-handed, I'm right-handed. He went into banking. I originally went into engineering. He can play a musical instrument. I can't. Uh, he supports Chelsea. I support Arsenal. Uh, even goes down. This is a bit weird. He married a lady of stature. I married a thin stick woman like that. So it's completely bizarre. Okay, we are we are uh, total opposites because we are, of course, totally different. Okay, we're all totally different from each other. We're all unique. Paul says in verse 7 again, we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not ourselves. You know, each pot cast on a potter's wheel is different. Each one is unique. And doesn't matter how hard the potter tries, you know, the one that the pot he has just made is different from the one that came before and different from the one that will come after that. It can never make an identical pot. And in the same way, God has made each one of us unique. Each one of us is different. We are individual masterpieces of his creation, loved and cherished children of God. This means he has given each of us different gifts, different skills, different talents, and he has placed us exactly where he wants us to be 
to use those gifts, skills and talents as clay pots shining out his treasure. You know, and that treasure can be seen in a multitude of ways. It might be through through speaking, through through gossiping the gospel to anyone and everyone you meet. You know, we talked about, about Victor earlier. No doubt when he's here next week, he'll tell you about the number of people. Whenever he goes anywhere, he ends up converting someone. I don't know how he does it. It's extraordinary, okay? But that's not the same for everyone, right? Not, we're not all like that. We're all different. You know, it could be just through getting alongside someone, just doing life with them. You know, again, Bish, I'm keep picking on you, but yeah, you're your friend at the football. You know, that's just it's all that sort of stuff, isn't it? It could be making a, 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 someone a Christian lasagna or, or cutting their grass or just keeping in touch with a friend, checking in on a neighbour. You know, I, I could go on quoting example after example, because rather wonderfully, God uses each one of us uniquely. So his treasure is never dimmed and his kingdom keeps on being built he is made known by us being us his light always shines we are all one body we all play our part no one part is greater than the other and we shouldn't get hung up on the stuff we can't do you may not have had the opportunity to pray the prayer with someone that doesn't make you a failure it's so easy for us to limit the kingdom of God to one or two outcomes. For me, God is much bigger than that. And the key is to recognize our uniqueness, to rejoice in the people we are, the gifts, skills and talents that God has given us. Now, I give uh, a lot of talks uh, in my role with the Fisherman's Mission to all sorts of groups. Women's institutes, Rotary clubs, Probus clubs, school assemblies, retirement groups, all sorts of people. And I was at a talk just at the end of uh, sort of start of February this year, but a few weeks ago now, uh, and in a place called Aldersbrook near Manor Park, alongside the City of London Crematorium down in London. Uh, and at the end of the talk, there, were, there must have been about 30 to 40 uh, mainly uh, older women there. And at the end of the talk, I just watched a, a lovely 82-year-old lady going from table to table, person to person, offering them one of these calendars. Lovely little. She said to each one she met, would you, would you like a calendar? She said, there's a space here to put your appointments and there's a beautiful picture for each month with a, with a little Bible verse saying how much God loves you. Then to the next person. There's a space here. Would you like a calendar? A little space here for your appointments. A lovely picture and a little Bible verse telling you just how much God loves you. And the next person. And she did the entire room. And she gave out a whole stash, including myself, of one of these calendars. Now, I tell you, I was in awe of this spirit-filled lady. Her gentle boldness was a thing to marvel in. I'd struggled to do what she was doing. Give me a room of 10,000 people in an arena. I preach with no butterflies or trouble whatsoever. Do what she did. No, that's quite. So I probably go, would you like one of these? A little mumbled apology as I gave them away. Or I'll stand by the door saying, I've got some of them. They don't want one. But I wouldn't do it. It's just beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. You know, for me, this lady, this was her God-given way. This was her skill, her talent, whatever, her gifting. Uh, to just to, to go around for her it was easy as breathing in and breathing out just to go around doing what she was doing but for all of us that, that's not always the case you know things different people doing different jobs God has blessed each 
one of us with his amazing treasure. He uses each one of us differently in the way he has uniquely fashioned us to shine his light, his treasure into the darkness. All we need to do is to surrender ourselves into the potter's hands, asking his Holy Spirit to fill us and use us, to share his treasure with the people and the places he has set us in. Okay, as I close, can I bring a sense of urgency to looking out being me? Because, you know, in a way you might think of what I've just said and think, that's good, that's a nice easy ride. I can just relax and be me. Well, part of that's true, but you've got to work hard at you being you as well. Okay, so if your skill is making Christian lasagnas, how many have you made recently? If your skill is handing out calendars, how many have you got left? We're in February now. Okay, if your skill and talent and gift that God has given you is speaking to people, when did you last do it? Because we are temporary pots as well. You know, clay pots don't last forever. Our time here is short. So, yeah, we can be ourselves. We can be looking out. That is effective evangelism. You know, if you're walking alongside someone at the moment, when did you last offer to pray for them and then do it? When did you last sit down with them and chat to them? Because, yeah, being me is important. Looking out is effective evangelism, but we need to do it. Okay, there is an urgency to share the treasure, to let those around us see this treasure that shines so brightly within each one of us. In whatever way God has intended for us personally, the good news of Jesus is always there for us to live out. So we are his hands. We are his feet. We are his lips. But please, please, there's no need to be weird, okay? There's no need to be super spiritual or holier than thou. There's no need to get stressed or guilty about being not being the next Billy Graham. There's no need to worry about your weaknesses, your fragility, the cracks. How else will the light shine through? And there is a need to be you. There is a need to be the you that God fashioned and designed. There is a need to be you that is filled with his glory. There is a need to be you so he can specifically chose you and use you in what he is doing. We are all jars of clay. You know, there is nothing special about us on the outside, but in the inside we have that most valuable of treasure. Each one of us created to uniquely share that treasure. So let's be confident in who we are. Let's be confident in being me. Our God is the supreme artist who has fashioned each one of us with great beauty and purpose in mind to let his light shine into the darkness and let his treasure be seen by all. Let's pray. Lord, right away, I just want to uh, just to bring us all as a, as a body of your people uh, to the foot of your throne, Lord, and, uh, and just to fall on our knees and to say, Father, we thank you. We thank you for the treasure that you have placed in us. And there's any here this morning that are just struggling to, uh, to, to know the value that they have, uh, to, to, to understand uh, their self-esteem comes from you and you alone by your love and your grace and your mercy in their lives. And Lord, just speaking to our hearts right at the start uh, of this prayer time, I pray. Lord, that we would know that we are chosen specifically by you to share 
and to show and to shine into the darkness that wonderful treasure that you have placed into us. And Lord, help us with our cracks. Help us, Lord, not to uh, be people that we aren't, to hide things away. Lord, instead, Lord, let your light shine through our cracks, our vulnerability, the things we get wrong, our tough times. Just be with us, Lord, and help us to continue shining that. We thank you, Lord, as Paul said, you know, knocked down but, but never abandoned by you. And, Lord, we just pray to all that we would, we would just know individually how unique we are to you and how you have, you have made us in a certain way. And we are all one body. We are all different parts of the same body doing the same job of building your kingdom. We are all effective in what we do. And, and, and one, no one role is bigger or better than any others. We are all sharing your treasure to help us to know what that means for us and then to be unique in doing that. And then, Lord, we just pray, Lord, for this urgency. Help us to take these things seriously. It's not an easy ride. It doesn't mean we can just sit back and let things happen. We have to be proactive, Lord, in the gifts that you have given us. So again, Lord, if you have made us bold in speaking, then open our lips. If you have made us clever in, in practical ways, then, you know, unleash our hands and our fingers to do those things. If you have made us there to walk alongside people, then, Lord, get our feet moving, get our ears open and our lips moving as we speak with them. If you've made us a prayer warrior, then, Lord, how much are we praying? Just help us to pray over and over and over again. Lord, so many ways we can be effective for you. Help us just, just to know your, your spirit within us, just pushing us forward. Lord, that as we, as we look out, we can be ourselves. We can be ourselves, be the people that you created. You are the master potter, so we place ourselves into your hands so we can be effective and your treasure can be seen. In your name, Father. Amen.